The Delphi murder is getting strange, and I'm just talking about the interaction with the judge and the attorneys. Let me give you an example of how you make a bad situation go from bad to worse. With a mom like this, it's shocking that her child's going to prison with her. The uh, Pepperdine man accused of four counts of vehicular manslaughter gets a $4 million bond and his family pays it. A victim of a pedophile punches the man who molested him as a child. Now the victim is being sued by the convicted pedophile. How not to do an armed robbery and then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. Hit that little bell so that you receive notifications. And as always, remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Just simply search Crime Talk with Scott Reich. All right, tomorrow is Halloween. You have one day to submit your photos for the great Crime Talk Halloween photo giveaway. That's right. The winners will receive $100 each. And there's two categories, one for our regular subscribers, and the other one is for our Patreon numbers. So send your photos to the email below. You're entered, and we will announce the winner tomorrow, and we will get you the $100 if you are, in fact, the winner. The criteria is, well, it's got to be a good costume. Basically, the Crime Talk staff here loves it. There you go. It's only 100 bucks. Take the picture, send it to us. And remember, if you're not a Patreon member, now would be a good time to join. Heck, you could increase your chances of winning by becoming a Patreon member, and basically it would pay for your membership. Think about that. All right, let's go ahead and open the record for October 30th, 2023. That's right, things are getting a little weird there in Delphi. So Judge Gull, who is overseeing the proceedings for Richard Allen, the man accused in the Delphi murders, has thrown out a filing made by the former attorneys for Richard Allen, a guy by the name of Bradley Rossi, uh, that argued that the judge should be removed from the Delphi murder case due to claims that the judge pressured the defense attorneys to withdraw from the case last week. Now, the move comes after a flurry of exchanges between the former defense attorney and the Allen County judge following somewhat a little surprising hearing last week that ended with Judge Gull announcing that both of Allen's defense attorneys would be withdrawing from the case. Now, Mr. Rossi argued that Richard Allen, the man accused of killing Abby Williams and Libby German outside of Delphi there in Indiana back in 2017, never signed off on this whole issue regarding the change of counsel. And at last Friday's hearing, the judge announced that Allen's other defense attorney, Andrew Baldwin, was voluntarily withdrawing from the case and said Rossi would be following Baldwin's lead and withdrawing in the upcoming days. The withdrawal uh, came on the heels of an alleged evidence leak traced back to Mr. Baldwin. Now, Allen's other defense attorney, Andrew Baldwin, claimed he was snookered and betrayed by a former employee who had unauthorized access to the Delphi evidence in Baldwin's office and leak the evidence to a Facebook um, Delphi, to a Facebook page regarding the Delphi followers of the case. Now, in this uh, somewhat surprising turn, Rossi filed a motion calling Judge Gall to be recused from the case after suddenly backpedaling on the previous story of his impending withdrawal from the case, and instead stated he did not want to withdraw from the case and wished for Gall to be thrown off the murder trial. Now, we brought you <clears throat> this motion last week. We read it verbatim 
somewhat interesting. Uh, the allegations were made that he was basically pressured by the judge to do so. Now, however, the court, Judge Gull, has ordered that that motion be stricken from the record. Um, and in another order by Judge Gull, the uh, judge said that Rozzi was withdrawn from the Delphi case as of October 19th and therefore was no longer legal counsel of record for Mr. Allen. And therefore, his filings mean nothing and they will be stricken from the record. In fact, the court went on to note that since Rozzi is no longer even considered legally part of the case, the case filing should never have been accepted. The judge is not wrong there. No attorney can just simply file um, motions in a particular case. And if they've withdrawn, they need permission to enter the case. And um, when the judge says you're off, when it's a court-appointed matter, you're off. Unless you want to hire or enter the case as a private attorney, if you've been retained to do so, only then would you be allowed to um, re-enter the case and have any of your pleadings heard in any way. So let's bring in another attorney. This attorney's name is David Hennessy. He is an attorney representing Rozzi and Baldwin and recently argued against Gull and claimed that she strong-armed the attorneys into offering oral withdrawals from the case and contends Gull doesn't have the authority to direct the clerk to strip Baldwin and Rozzi's name from the court docket without a file notice of withdrawal or a valid written motion. Hennessy will apparently be filing a motion to reconsider that he intends to file as early as this week in response to Gull's order of having the defense attorneys removed from the case. Now, having new attorneys assigned and having Rossi's request for the judge to recuse herself stricken from the record. We'll see how that works. In the soon-to-be-filed motion, Mr. Hennessy apparently calls on the court to reconsider the erroneous order to the clerk of the uh, court and the removal of the appointed counsel without the opportunity to be heard. No judge has the authority to oversee the clerk or order the clerk to alter the record of the court filings, according to Mr. Hennessy. We'll see how this is playing out. It gets a little weird. Now, Mr. Hennessy continues to allege that uh, Baldwin's oral motion to withdraw from the case on October 19th is a nullity and invalid due to Baldwin never filing a written motion to withdraw. Now, I'm not sure exactly how things are done in Indiana, but I have made oral motions to withdraw that have been granted on the record. So I'm not sure why they're getting so hung up on this particular issue. What it boils down to is the judge appointed them and the judge took the case away from them. Mr. Hennessy's motion also cites state law in contending that the judge loses the authority and jurisdiction to make rulings on other court motions or issues and orders other than a hearing upon the filing of the motion for recusal and to disqualify the uh, motion filed on behalf of Rossi just days in which Gull ordered stricken from the record. Now, two new attorneys have been appointed to represent Richard Allen. Um, Friday, the court appointed attorney Robert Screamin, S-C-R-E-M-I-N, and attorney William Labrato, L-E-B-R-A-T-O, as contract public defenders in Mr. Allen's case. Both Screamin and Labrato are defense attorneys based in Fort Wayne, uh, Indiana. There's also a hearing scheduled for tomorrow, and we'll see if this issue is brought to light. But my thinking is the old attorneys are out, the new attorneys are in, and they can begin anew. And the question now is, will they follow the same theory of defense that the previous defense counsels did? We'll have to wait and see. Let me know what you think. Are Mr. Allen's attorneys, former attorneys, being railroaded? Was it really because of a security breach? 
or maybe they're getting close to the truth, let me know in the comments below. Next on the docket, how you make a bad situation worse. So there's an Ohio social worker who has allegedly engaged in some contact inappropriately with a 13-year-old boy that she had been counseling. Well, she was very tearful in court after she got arrested for allegedly showing up at the teen's home with a gun. So please meet Peyton Shires. She's young, she's 24 years old, and um, she was pleading with the judge as he uh, read new witness tampering charges uh, to her in court, uh, which come on top of the unlawful sexual conduct with a minor felony that she's been charged with that came out of uh, allegations last month. Now charged with intimidating a witness by force or threat, she also now has to try and post a $50,000 bond because the bond that she's been out on was revoked for, well, allegedly committing a new crime. So now she'll have to wait in court until November 6 for her next hearing. Now, what the court records show is that no new bond for her has been granted after she allegedly showed up at the 13-year-old boy's home with a gun. Now, prosecutors allege she threatened to kill herself and blame the family for ruining her life. The boy's mother told police she received a call from Shires, who allegedly said she had been planning to kill herself after killing the mom. Upon executing a search warrant on the device and phones, police said that they found a video of the social worker and the boy having intercourse she was assigned to counsel. Detectives also wrote that the boy told the police he had sex at least twice with Ms. Shriers in various places throughout Columbus, where the women um, up until recently worked at the National Youth Advocacy Program. This is a private nonprofit agency, and the group provides counseling, social work, and advocacy for families involved in the foster care system. It's unclear when she stopped working for their organization after her initial October 6 arrest, which came without incident after she owned up to the relationship during a three-way call with the boy's mother. That's called a surreptitious phone call. So obviously this young lady, Ms. Schreier's, making some very poor decisions. It only got worse by going to the house by saying that she was going to harm herself and possibly others. Yeah, is that an attempt to make them withdraw the... Um, case against the mom, guess what? Mom and the son have no say in the matter further. They are simply witnesses in the case. That's why it always says the people of the state of blank versus the defendant. The state pursues the prosecution. The victims are witnesses in the case. Now, yes, they'll have to be consulted under the Victims' Rights Act, but really they can't say, oh, I want the case to go away. And in this particular case, well, obviously the mom doesn't want the case to go away, and she felt threatened. So she made a bad situation worse. Miss Schreier's did, that is. Next, mom of the year. Yes, with moms like this, it's surprising that her son is going to prison with her. Take a look at Candace Jones. Well, she faces 75 years in prison for murder and armed robbery. Now, prosecutors um, have called her the mastermind behind the killing of a guy by the name of Michael Armanderas. Now, Cassandra Green, then the girlfriend of Jones's son, Ernest Collins, had shown them pictures from social media of the victim posing with large amounts of cash and drugs. According to the prosecutors, Jones gave her son a gun and said, you're going to go do this. Well, Green, the, the girlfriend of the son of Ms. Jones, 
lured out Armanderas, her childhood friend, with a Snapchat message the night of January 14th back in 2019. She picked a bump in an SUV where her boyfriend, Mr. Collins, was hiding in the back seat. Green then drove out of the parking lot with Armanderas in the vehicle, and approximately five minutes later, Mr. Collins emerged from the back of the vehicle from hiding in the Explorer and shot Mr. Armanderas twice in the back of the head. The duo then traveled to Jones's residence, Chicago, and Jones helped place Armandera's body in a garbage can and then put the garbage can out. At some point in time, the garbage can was moved to the garage of a vacant home next to Miss Jones' home, and the body was found several months later. Now, Jones threatened to kill Miss Green if her mother and her mother if Green ever stepped forward about the killing. Well, Miss Green pled guilty back in August of 2022 to one count of armed robbery in exchange for her cooperation. She is scheduled for a hearing that takes place on November 13th. Now, Mr. Collins was convicted um, at the first of the month of first-degree murder and armed robbery. He faces up to life in prison and is scheduled to be back in court on November 29th. Well, a $4 million bond. Could you make that? Hmm. Well, the California baseball player, I should say former high school star baseball player, accused of mowing down four Pepperdine University students, has been released on a $4 million bond after pleading not guilty to the murder charges. Now, Frazier Baum, um, he's a young man. He's 22. He's free after posting the bond at about uh, 8.30 Friday evening. Now, Baum was charged with four counts of murder after allegedly losing control of his red BMW along the Pacific Coast Highway back on October 17th. He is accused of killing Niam Rolston, Peyton Stewart, Asha Ware, and Deslin Williams. They're all 21 years of age. Now, he pled not guilty in court and had his bail lowered from $8 million to $4 million. Baum's family was in attendance at the hearing, and um, Mr. Baum lives with his uh, mom in an $8 million Malibu mansion. Photos of the scene show the former standout high school athlete's mangled red 2016 BMW. Now, he was gifted this uh, car for his 18th birthday as part of his uh, parents' divorce settlement. Now, a bail review hearing is scheduled for Monday morning, and a preliminary hearing is set on December 15th. Now, Mr. Baum's attorney uh, claimed in court that the former uh, star was involved in a crash because of a road rage incident that happened about three miles from the collision site. He stated that we have evidence that the sheriff's department did not want to take that and clearly shows that there was a road rage incident that started at Duke's, which is a restaurant, that the person then chased him and tried to push him off the side of the road. Now, when Baum accelerated to get away from him, that's when the accident allegedly occurred. Now, witnesses claim that Baum tried to flee the scene immediately after the collision before he was apprehended by um, onlookers. Footage obtained from the night of the crash showed a grim-faced Baum being given a sobriety test by police while the uh, mangled remains of the BMW are being towed away. The attorney for Mr. Baum claimed that security footage from the scene has been gathered and backs up his allegation over the road rage incident. He's also alleged that the driver of the other car has in fact been identified, adding that the person admitted to a family member that he did drive him off the road. Now, early reports allege that Mr. Baum was speeding at over 100 miles an hour before the crash, but the attorney for Mr. Baum says that the black box from the BMW will show that he was going no faster than 70 miles per hour. Now, all four victims apparently died instantly. So we'll see how that case uh, turns out. 
even if you're driving 70, that's still probably reckless manslaughter. And somebody does run you off the road, you probably don't want to flee. You'd want to tell the police that story immediately. We'll see how this one turns out. Next, a pedophile gets punched in court by his own victim and then sues the victim. That's right. So a Nevada man who was sexually abused as a child by his babysitter punched the now 80-year-old perpetrator in the face in court after the sentence was announced. Now, Taylor Fu testified against Richard Gross, who's now 80, and helped secure his conviction on 26 felony counts of sexual abuse of a child. But Gross, a um, family friend at the time, got a plea deal and avoided any prison time. It was basically a suspended sentence upon the condition that he successfully complete probation. Now, the victim, Mr. Fu, said that he was furious at the arrangement and, um, well, lashed out at Mr. Gross at the October 2 sentencing hearing. And he told everybody that he was extremely angry. And he says, I know he's old, but that doesn't change anything. And that doesn't change the damage that he has caused. The horrific effects that I had to deal with have affected me for the last um, decades. Now, now Jones, like I said, got a, a suspended 60 to 180 month sentence in the Department of Corrections there in Nevada, meaning he doesn't go to prison unless he violates the terms of the probation. Well, after punching Mr. Gross, um, which he fell to the floor unconscious, Fu was handcuffed and arrested for misdemeanor battery. That's fair. Now, Gross said that he briefly lost unconsciousness and was taken to the trauma unit. His wife also said that his glasses were broken. Now, Mr. Fu was very unapologetic, and he said that he lived through decades, um, and this is not justice at all. And to make matters worse for Mr. Fu, he is now being sued by Mr. Gross, the guy that he pled guilty to or was convicted of um, for these uh, sexual batteries. Well, like I said, he's being sued. Anyway, Mr. Fu has set up a GoFundMe page to help pay for his legal bills. Mr. Fu says he's gone to hell and back, and he says that the justice system failed him in this case and didn't sentence Richard Gross to any prison time, even though the grand jury initially charged him with 26 felony counts. I know there are many children and adults that have experienced this, and I want you to know that we have the power to come out with, tells your loved ones, report your abuse to law enforcement and find justice. We're going to continue to follow this and somehow I have a feeling, I don't think Mr. Fu's going to get a um, jail sentence because it's a misdemeanor, but I think he's still going to have a conviction. I mean, I get it, but you can't go around punching people. And if you're going to do it, certainly don't do it in court where all the deputies are witnesses. Not very smart move, Mr. Fu, but I get it. I get your anger. Next on the docket, this is an aggravated robbery. Florida man handed a note to a worker at a CVS saying he didn't want to hurt anyone, but he would shoot the closest person if they didn't hand over the prescription drugs that he wanted. Well, that defendant, now defendant, turns out to be a guy by the name of Thomas Muse, and he allegedly gave the handwritten note to a pharmacy worker at the store and um, scrawled on the piece of paper was a shopping list of drugs that he was looking to uh, uh, get, including... Um, oxycodone, hydrocodone, Xanax, Adderall, Viagra, and liquid codeine. Now, the pharmacy tech originally didn't realize at first that it was a robbery and started asking the masked robber questions. And once she realized the danger, she handed the note to the pharmacist who gathered the drugs and then put them in a bag. Now, Muse, who wore a hat and a surgical mask during the crime, made off with close to 2,500 pills in the robbery. Needless to say, the uh, police rolled up just as Mr. Muse was leaving the store, and then he ran. 
The police eventually caught up with him, and um, he's now under arrest. Now, the suspect still allegedly had the note on him, and reportedly Mr. Muse later admitted traveling from Jacksonville, Florida, to Orlando to rip off the pharmacy and stated he also had done similar robberies in Central Florida as well. And then finally, if all those stories weren't dumb enough, our dumb criminal of the day. A Washington state man sought to hire a prostitute. No big deal, right? But it wasn't just for himself, but his miniature horse as well. Now, Mr. Jad Shipman was arrested last week following a vice probe involving a message board, get this, called TNA. TNA. Let me know in the comments if you think you know what that means. Anyway, it was an online sex advertising sex escort service page where Shipman, using the screen name Malamute, offered to pay $440 to a forum user named Diane to have sexual contact with him and his miniature horse. Now, Shipman also used an email address containing the phrase hot mare. Anyway, Diane provided the uh, emails to the police with copies of explicit messages sent to her by Mr. Shipman, who allegedly wrote that he wanted to watch her perform various sexual acts on the miniature horse while she was sitting on his male part. Now, while trying to entice the um, prostitute, um, Mr. Shipman acknowledged the difficulty in arranging some of these little threesomes. He stated, uh, the last two gals I asked said it was noticeably outside their comfort zone. Apparently it was outside of Diane's comfort zone too. Anyway, Shipman reportedly admitted to being on the TNA board, user as Malamute, and soliciting Diane to perform various acts with him and the horse. Now he said that he uh, chose Diane uh, because she posted in the board fetish section and uh, he hoped that she would be more agreeable to having the contact with him and the horse. Now, during uh, questioning, Mr. Shipman admitted to having prior sexual contact with animals. Um, and investigators also noted they spotted two miniature horses in the pasture of Mr. Shipman's 7.62-acre home where he and his wife reside. Well, Mr. Shipman's been released on a $1,000 bond in order to have no contact with animals. Unbelievably, he hasn't been charged with any felonies, only misdemeanors. Ladies and gentlemen, I think what today shows to you is the world is crazy and a lot of people out there are crazy. So be careful, be safe on Halloween. Thanks for watching, we'll see you next time.